Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, Why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart. Hello and welcome back to Season 1 of Asking God Why. Today, we're going to be asking the question, Why has Jesus come into the world? And we're going to be finding answers to this question sprinkled throughout the first four chapters of Matthew. As we spend time answering the question this season from the book of Matthew, Why is Jesus the Christ? So today, thinking about why has Jesus come into the world? We find answers sprinkled, littered throughout the first four chapters of the book of Matthew. First of all, the very first verse, and really the first chapter, uh, implies this. Why has Jesus come into the world? Well, to fulfill the promises that God made to David and Abraham. The very first verse of the book of Matthew says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now remember, uh, we want to think about this book as we're studying it and going through here, uh, studying it as and looking at it like a first century Jew would have, as this was likely the intended target audience, so to speak, the original audience of this book. They would have thought about David and Abraham. And they would have thought, their minds would have turned to some of the promises, who those characters were and the promises that God made to them. To Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, God God made him a promise that that he would bring him out and give him a, a land in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. And the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, what we find out when we get into the New Testament is that ultimately, that promise was talking about Jesus the Christ. And Matthew, in the very beginning of his book, hints at that, touches at that, sort of lays out a puzzle piece to that, if you will, but showing that Jesus is a descendant of Abraham, but also that Jesus is a descendant of David. And why that matters is what God told David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting with verse 12, God tells David, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed, your descendant after you who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. That also ultimately referred to Jesus Christ. But for the first century Jew, they would have thought about David and Abraham, and they would have remembered those promises, and also they knew that the Christ, this anointed one, this Messiah, had to be a descendant of Abraham and David. They knew that, and right at the very beginning, Matthew puts that forward. By the way, Jesus uh, uh, Jesus Christ, he is a descendant of David and he is a descendant of Abraham. So why has Jesus come to the world? Well, one reason, to fulfill the promise that God made to David and that he made to Abraham. 
We go a little bit further in chapter 1 of Matthew to chapter to verse 21. And another, I guess you can say, part of this answer is put forward in verse 21. Why has Jesus come into the world? Well, notice verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Why has Jesus come into the world? To save his people from their sins. Uh, right here, Mary is told and Joseph are told, look, this is, this is why you need to call. This is why you must call his name Jesus. Jesus literally means Savior. Why are you going to call his, literally, why would his name be Savior? Because he will save his people from their sins. So why has Jesus come into the world? Well, to fulfill those promises that God made to David, to Abraham, to save his people from their sins. Also, the very next verse, verse 22, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Why has Jesus come into the world? He's come to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. Something that Matthew was very concerned about showing his original audience. And it's very apparent throughout the entire book of Matthew, but especially in the first four chapters, is showing Jesus fulfilled everything that the Old Testament prophets, that the, that the scriptures, that the, the Psalms, the prophets, uh, that the Old Testament said about the Christ, Jesus fulfilled every single bit of that. Matthew is very concerned with showing that bit of evidence to his audience because for an audience who was familiar with the Old Testament, with the Scriptures, they knew what the Old Testament said about the Christ. They knew different things about the Messiah, and they knew, okay, he must do this. He must fulfill this. Matthew is very concerned with showing them, look, Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled all these things. Such as here in verse 22 and 23, uh, spoken by Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So why has Jesus come into the world? Well, another reason, another piece to that puzzle, he came into the world to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. All that the scriptures, that the Psalms and the prophets had said about him must have been fulfilled. They had to have been fulfilled. And he did just that. Now, moving on into chapter 2, why has Jesus come into the world? Notice what the Jewish, the, the scribes and the chief priests, the religious leaders of the people told Herod when Herod was asking about uh, a, a king of the Jews who had been born. Notice what they told him in Matthew 2, verse 5 and 6. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Why has Jesus come into the world? To rule over and to shepherd God's people. This idea of him being a shepherd and him being a king we think about a picture of kings. We have kings all throughout the Old Testament, and there's a picture of authority, a picture of power. Then the picture of a shepherd. 
Maybe we think about Psalm chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's the, the care and the compassion and the guidance from the shepherd for the sheep. So what we see is he's going to be a ruler. Think power, think authority, think might. Who will shepherd his people? Think care, think compassion, think kindness, understanding. He's both. He's going to rule. He's going to have power and might, but he's also going to be very concerned and very compassionate toward those he's ruling over. So why has Jesus come into the world to rule over and shepherd God's people? Perhaps showing both sides of himself. He is the king, the mighty one, the one with all authority and power, but he's also the kind, compassionate, caring one who cares about his sheep, who cares about his flock, who cares about people. Why has Jesus come into the world? To show that very fact. Moving on into chapter 3, why has Jesus come into the world? And this one we need to give ourselves a little bit of an understanding of what's going on in the context here. John is preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He's the one preparing the ways of the Lord. He's getting the way ready for Jesus. It talks about how crowds had come out to Jesus and they were hearing his preaching and they were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Pause very quickly here. We're about to get into two more reasons why Jesus has come. But I want us to understand what's going on here. Basically, you have some people who were hearing John's preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and they were saying, you know what, he's right. I need to repent. I need to obey. I need to do this. But then you had some, and here, many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you had some who were hearing that same message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and they were saying, repent. What do I need to repent for? I'm a descendant of Abraham. I'm, I'm a child of Abraham. I'm already in good standing with God. And John says, you are fooling yourselves if you think that what I'm preaching, you don't need to obey, that it doesn't apply to you. Don't think that you don't have a sin problem between you and God simply because you are Abraham's descendant. He said, because you're wrong if you think that. And he tells them, he says, And even now is the axe laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So in this picture of, look, you need to respond the right way and obey what I'm telling you. Don't ignore this message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because it is at hand, it's close, and you must repent. And if you refuse to repent you're going to face some unpleasant consequences. Now, here's where we pick up verse 11 and 12. Why has Jesus come into the world? 
Verse 11, to baptize with the Holy Spirit in fire. Verse 12, to separate the wheat from the chaff. He says, John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. I'm not worthy to do one of the the lowliest task a servant could have. I'm not worthy to be the lowliest servant of the one coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, what you want to keep from the wheat crop, but he will burn up the chaff, what you don't want to keep from the wheat crop, with unquenchable fire. What's going on here? We have to keep this in its context. This is a picture of why has Jesus come into the world? Well, to basically, in a way, there's a clear line drawn between those who submit to and obey what God is saying and those who rebel and refuse to submit to and obey what God is saying. And what John is telling them is, you know, you want to reject what I'm telling you. Okay, fine. I mean, that's not fine, but okay, whatever. You can do that. But you had better not reject the one coming after me. Because while people thought John was a prophet, John tells them, the one coming after me, I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes around. You want to reject me? Okay, whatever. But you had better be very careful not to reject the one who's coming after me. That's talking about Jesus Christ. This is in the picture of of judgment. This is in the picture of, will we submit to and obey what God says, or will we rebel and reject him? And and what is shown is, blessings are extended to those who submit to and obey. There are severe consequences, though, to those who reject and rebel against what God has said. The Sadducees and the Pharisees here at the very beginning of the book are being warned, do not reject and rebel against the one who is coming after me, John says. So why has Jesus come into the world? Well, really, to separate those who are going to obey God and those who don't. It's going to be very clear who's obeying God, who's submitting to God, and who's not. And John says, if you want to be with those who are gods, don't reject the Christ. Also in chapter 3, verse 15, another reason why Jesus has come into the world. Verse 15, he comes to John to be baptized. And Jesus answered and said him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. This kind of ties back into what we were talking about, fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. He was going to do what the Father said. He was going to do everything that he was supposed to do to fulfill all righteousness. Chapter 4, verse 1, Why has Jesus come into the world? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus came into the world to be tempted by the devil. Later on in the New Testament, especially in the book of Hebrews, we find out, uh, and in other books of the Bible as well, this was necessary. Jesus 
had to face temptation. For Jesus to understand, to be a faithful and merciful high priest for us, Hebrews chapter 2, he had to face what we face. And part of what we face is temptation. Why has Jesus come into the world to be tempted by the devil to face many of the same things that you and I face today? Jesus came into the world. Why has he come into the world? Verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same message preached by John, which John warned his audience, don't reject. Now Jesus has come and he is preaching the same thing. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came to call people to repentance because the kingdom that they had been waiting for all these years that the Old Testament had been talking about, it was at hand, it was close by, it was near. Why has Jesus come into the world now? The final two instances, verse 18 and 19, he's come into the world to call people to follow him and to be made into fishers of men. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's interesting. Following Jesus means that we must change. Jesus didn't tell Peter, and he didn't tell Andrew, follow me, and you can be whatever you want to be. Follow me, and you can keep being exactly who you are right now. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Why has Jesus come into the world? To call people to follow him and to be made into what Jesus wants us to be. Following Jesus means we cannot keep being whoever we want to be. Following Jesus means we become who he wants us to be. Jesus has come into the world to demonstrate that, to show us that. And then finally, why has Jesus come into the world? Verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. He came to teach, to preach, and to heal. He came to bring good news. He came to teach them. He, he came to, to show his power over different illnesses and sicknesses and also his care for people. So, having come to the end of this episode, why has Jesus come into the world from Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 4? We've, through chapter 4, we've talked about quite a few instances. And what we're seeing is Jesus most certainly had a purpose for coming into this world. And it's our job, as we think about answering the question, why is Jesus the Christ? In order to answer that question, it is very important that we pay attention to why he has come into the world. Thank you so much for studying with us today. Look forward to being with you again next time. And as always, stay curious. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. 
Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.